0: This is Money Guide with Mary Stirk from Sturk Financial Services. Now here's Mary Stirk.
1: Welcome to Money Guide with Mary Stirk, and today we are talking about what to do with your 401k we get questions about 401ks all of the time from people who are investors. And part of the reason is because it's become one of the most popular investment vehicles for people because it's so easy to participate when you have an employer-based plan like this. Now, there's a lot of things to think about when it comes to your 401k, and of course, no doubt about it, everything that you need to be thinking about in your 401k is going to be an individual decision. So nothing that I'm going to talk about today is blanket advice. But I want to spend the first part of the show talking a little bit about what to do with your old 401k accounts. And then I'm going to spend part of the second part of the show talking about what to do or what to think about doing with the existing 401ks that you have with your companies that you're currently working at. Okay, so When you leave an employer, you really do need to carefully weigh the advantages and the disadvantages of each of the four options available to anyone who has a 401k with an employer who they're no longer working for. And here's the four options Number one, you may be able to keep your assets in the employer's plan. Okay, There's rules and restrictions, but you might be able to keep your assets there. Number two, you possibly could roll over your assets into an IRA, an individual retirement account. Number three, You may be able to roll your assets over to another employer-sponsored plan. So if you're working for a new employer and they have a plan, you might be able to roll them there. And number four, you may be able to take a distribution in cash from the plan. So let me just repeat those. Keep them in the current plan, roll them to an IRA, roll them to another employer plan, or take a distribution from the plan. Those are really the only four options of what to do with an old 401k. But everybody's decision about what to do with those really does need to be individual. You need to think about your overall financial position, what your goals and objectives are, what your age is, and many different things that a good discussion with a financial advisor can help you hone in on. But There are certain things that are important to know about all of these different options. So first of all, let's just kind of break them down one by one. The option number one I had talked about was if you keep your assets in the plan from your old employer, okay? Now, one of the benefits of doing this is that your money is going to maintain its tax deferred status within the plan, meaning it's not going to be a taxable impact for you to just leave it where it is, (laughs) And quite frankly, one of the reasons that people choose this option frequently is because it's the path of least resistance. I mean, you don't actually have to do anything, and it just is going to stay in the plan. Now, there certainly are some rules about the size of your account and whether or not the company will allow it. If they're very small balances, they may be able to kick you out of the plan. Let's say your balance is less than $1,000. But in the absence of it being that small typically you can leave it in that plan. One of the reasons also that people sometimes leave money in an old employer's plan is because there are special kind of quirky tax rules if you're age 55 or up. So one of the things that most people know about 401k plans is that when you go to withdraw your money from this, if you're under the age of 59 and a half, you may have a premature withdrawal penalty. And what that means is it's an extra IRS penalty for taking your money out because you're too young. However, this quirky little kind of tax uh, strategy is that if you separate from your employer, during or after the year you reach age 55, if you pull the money directly from the 401k plan, then you can take it without that 10% premature IRS penalty. So there's this little window of time from 55 to 59 and a half that you actually have some interesting tax strategic play here if that is something that works into your circumstance. Okay, another reason that some people keep their money in their existing employer plan is this. A lot of the 401k plans have low-cost investment options, and many of them also will protect you from creditors. So it depends on what state you live in and what the rules are for you, but protection from creditors might be available inside that 401k plan. Another thing that sometimes plays into this decision is whether or not the old 401k plan has company stock as an investment option. So if you hold company stock in your old 401k plan, there's another tax strategy called net unrealized appreciation that we need to really look into to decide if it's the best thing to keep it in the plan or if you might want to roll it out in a unique way to take advantage of some unique tax reduction strategies. Okay. Okay. The last two things I wanna talk about with keeping your assets in that old plan is this. Number one, if you have an outstanding loan balance, as soon as you take money out of that old plan, that outstanding loan balance could become taxable. So keep that in mind when you're thinking about making a change to your 401k plan. If you have money in there, and you had a loan, that is going to get coded as a distribution, and it probably is going to be a taxable distribution for you. So be really careful with that. That can be a danger zone when it comes to rollovers. Okay, so Those are the things to keep in mind when you're talking about employer-sponsored plans. So to kind of summarize a couple of things, why would you do that? Well, if you have a loan, that's probably something to consider. But also another reason why is, like I said, it's the path of least resistance. You don't actively have to do anything. Now, why would you maybe not do this? Well, most plans have some type of expense ratio that's often passed on to the plan participants, and many people feel they don't really want their dollars to subsidize a plan for an employer who they're no longer connected to. You also might find yourself limited on the investment selection within the plan, which that could impact your diversity and it could impact your performance. Okay. So let's move on to option two, which is to roll the money over to an IRA. Now, one of the important things to know here is you're still going to maintain your tax deferral. So rolling it to an IRA inherently does not create taxes if you do it correctly. A big reason that people like to move things over to an IRA is that you could be having more investment options. So IRAs generally allow for a broader range of investment options, which could include a lot of different types of investment vehicles. And so more investment options, more diversity generally looked at as a positive thing. Another reason people like to roll money over to an IRA is it allows you to consolidate those old 401ks. And combining all your old retirement plan accounts into a single IRA might make it easier to track your assets and to manage the required minimum distributions later in life that are required. Now, one of the issues that you have with the IRA is you lose that ability to do that strategic tax play. So, if you separate from service from your employer when you're 55, if you kept it there and withdrew the money from the 401k, you could avoid that 10% tax penalty from the IRS. But if you roll it to an IRA, that tax strategy is no longer available. So, you really have to be careful when you're 55 or older about doing those rollovers and understand the differences for you to know whether or not you want to move it to an IRA because you are going to limit that ability to have that strategy. Another thing you have to be a little careful about when it comes to rolling it to an IRA is what I would call a potential conflict of interest. I mean, if your financial advisor can only generate revenue for their office by having that money in an IRA, then that may be a conflict of interest because why would they recommend that you not roll it if they're not going to get paid? So you're going to want to make sure that you are working with someone who is a fiduciary who's going to make recommendations with your best interests in mind, not having the conflict of interest where they're trying to find the highest commission or something like that if you actually do a rollover. Now, be aware, once in a while there's charges for rollovers. There could be charges from your 401k coming out or for the new product going in. So that's something that you want to investigate as well. So let's go back to why would somebody make this choice? If you are going to roll it to an IRA, reasons to do this is, number one, it really probably gives you the largest amount of control. You can pick and choose anywhere that you want to roll that to. You control what your investment options are. And frequently, like I said, an IRA will have a much broader set of investment options to choose from. And this is going to improve your diversity and it could potentially then impact your performance. You can choose different vehicles to hold the IRA, including options that might provide income streams later in life, more active management, and a higher customized level of advice from a financial advisor. Now, why wouldn't you do this? Like I said, there are generally more fees and charges in the IRAs. So the larger a 401k plan is, the lower the internal cost normally is. And this could make your IRA a more expensive investment choice. So there are things to be aware of. And and then again, that whole separation of service after age 55 piece of it, something to definitely keep in mind. Okay, the third option that you have is to think about rolling it over to a new employer plan. Now, if you do that again, you're going to still maintain your tax deferral. It still would be allowing you to consolidate your retirement accounts by having them in one place. But you are going to have to be careful about any plan limitations on accepting those rollover assets. So you really need to check with the receiving employer plan to confirm that it can accept rollovers and you need to check with them that they don't impose any restrictions on your ability to access or withdraw the funds that you roll into the plan. Now, one of the problems that you have here is you might not have a new employer (laughs) to roll that into. So if you don't have a new employer or they don't offer a plan, it really might not be an option. So why would you do this? Some people feel like they don't want to have their money, again, continuing to subsidize the expense ratios, for a plan of a company they no longer work with. So rolling it to the new employer's plan may also be moving it to something with a similar low expense ratio. Why wouldn't you want to do this? Well, again, the downside of any employer plan is a limited set of investment choices. And you may also find that your new employer doesn't have the same type of plan and actually can't accept a rollover, or you may not have an employer to actually move it to. Okay, the fourth and final option that people have when it comes to their old 401ks is to take a cash distribution. What you have to be aware of with this is that is likely to trigger taxes, so your withdrawals might be subject to withholdings, penalties, or other charges. So there's likely to be a mandatory tax withholding, which for many companies is 20%. You may need to withdraw more, though, depending on the tax bracket that you're in. And you also may be subject to surrender charges from the 401k or penalties assessed from the IRS within the 401k. So that is something that you really, really have to pay attention to if you're thinking about cashing it out. So why would somebody cash it out? Well. If you need the cash, (laughs) that's why somebody cashes it out. And why wouldn't you do that? Well, oftentimes the taxes and penalties can take up almost half of the actual 401k balance, leaving you with a much smaller check than what you anticipated. So if you have old 401ks, what should you do? Well, those are your four options. Your options are to leave it in the plan, roll it to an IRA, move it to a new plan or cash it out. And I highly recommend that you contact one of our financial advisors to talk about your personal situation to understand what the right move is for you.
0: Congratulations to Mary Stirk for being named three years in a row to the 2020 Forbes list for best in state wealth advisors and top women wealth advisors.
1: Welcome back to Money Guide with Mary Stirk, where today we're talking about what to do with your 401k plan. Now, in the first half of the show, I really dedicated time to talking about the options someone has. If they have old 401k plans, leave it in the existing plan, roll it to an IRA, roll it to a new plan or cash it out. But now I want to spend a few minutes talking about things to be considering for the monies in your 401k plans that you're investing in right now. The first thing I want to say about that is your contribution levels. Many plans have matches on them and I highly encourage everybody to make sure that you are contributing at least enough to your 401k plan to get the full match. It's free money and that my friends is my favorite kind of money. (laughs) Free money. So I encourage you all to contribute enough to get the most match. The next thing you wanna think about with your contributions is doing some automatic increases. So a lot of people will do some things like increase their 401k contribution percent by like 1% a year, and they might do it at a certain time of a year or correlate it with when they get a raise. So for instance, some people do it every January 1st, some people do it on their birthday every year as a trigger to remember, and some people do it when they have their annual review at work and hopefully get a raise. So those are some triggers that you can use to increase your percentage of contribution. The reality is, I don't think I've ever heard somebody look back on their life and say, gosh, I sure wish I hadn't contributed so much to my 401k. I just have too much in there now. (laughs) Most of the time, it's the opposite. People think, gosh, I wish I would have contributed more. I wish I would have started earlier. So doing some type of increase in contribution that isn't so significant that it puts a giant dent in your paycheck is a great way to save more over the long term of your financial journey. The next thing I want to say is when it comes to managing the money inside your 401k, I highly encourage you to get an education when it comes to the investment choices within the plan. Not all investment choices are considered equal. Some of the investment choices and in plans have much higher expense ratios than the other choices do. So not only do you want to be looking at what the options are, but you want to be looking at what the expense ratios are of the plan options. The bottom line is you want the return to stay in your pocket, not in the company's pocket. And so the lower the expense ratio, the higher percentage of any gain is allocated to you and you're keeping it. So pay attention to that. The next thing about your current 401k plan is it's a good idea to review your risk levels inside there. So What we frequently see happen with 401k plans is that when somebody starts a plan, they choose some investments, and then they literally never look at it again. They get their statements, they look at the balance, but they don't think about making sure that the risk in the plan and the investment choices that they're using continues to be something that's suitable for them. And then what can happen is the closer and closer and closer you get to retirement, the more risk you have that isn't really a good idea and then if the market tanks right before your retirement you have way too much of your 401k dollars at risk. So many 401k plans offer tools called risk tolerance quizzes and the risk tolerance quizzes are something that allow you to choose how you feel about risk where you are now in your life for the season of your life that you're currently in Taking the risk tolerance quiz will tell you what level of risk you yourself feel comfortable with. And there are different categories of risk tolerance. Some people are conservative, some people are aggressive, some people are kind of in the middle, we call that moderate, and there's different degrees kind of in between there. So whatever your risk tolerance quiz shows you is your current risk level, you may want to think about rebalancing your portfolio to match that risk tolerance level. Now, for some people, they really like getting into this. They really like making sure that they understand their investment choices and how to use them and what the expense ratios are and things like that. But the reality is most people really don't like that. They're really not into that. And so there's two ways to handle that. One is to reach out to a financial advisor and get some professional advice on the best way to align your 401k holdings with your risk tolerance levels. The second way is that your 401k provider might have tools that guide you on how to do that. So once you've done your risk tolerance test, they may have tools that say for your risk tolerance level, this is the recommended lineup of funds that we would suggest you use in your 401k. They also may have something called lifestyle funds, which lifestyle funds are funds that say, hey, if I think I'm going to retire when I'm age 55, or it might even be a target date, like I think I'm going to retire when it's 2030, you can choose funds that are like that, and they will kind of do the work for you. And when I say do the work for you, what I mean is they're going to get less and less aggressive as time goes by. They're going to become more and more conservative. And by becoming more and more conservative, that's going to keep the risk tolerance level fairly aligned with where it should be based on what your age is or the date you're thinking about retiring. Now, One of the things we see in 401k plans is that those life cycle funds or those target date funds frequently have a higher level of expense inside them than the other investment choices in the plan do. Now that's because they're doing something additional for you. They're making adjustments along the way for you. So you may feel completely confident that it's okay to pay that extra expense and if that's so great, if that's the case, then great, no problem. But just be aware that some of those extra expenses in the plan live within those lifestyle and target date funds and they can be a little bit more expensive over time than some of the other choices that could be available in your plan. But again every single plan's different <laughs> and so you have to just look at your own plan now there's all kinds of r- rules and regulations out there that plans have to follow And generally speaking, one of them is that they have to provide something called a plan expense disclosure. And usually you can go online to your 401k provider, you can download a copy of the expense disclosure, and it'll show you right on there what the internal expense ratios are of the different funds in the plan, as well as any other fees and charges associated with that. And that expense disclosure is a really good thing to bring with you when you're talking to your financial advisor so they can see what the plan expenses are inside of your fund as they're helping you make decisions what to do with your plan. Okay, I hope this has been great information for you when you think about what to do with your 401k. We've covered what to do with your old 401ks and I really do think that if you have old 401ks, this is a great time to reach out to one of our advisors. Schedule a time to visit with them, show them the statements from your plans, let them know what you're thinking and then they can counsel you on what might be a strong option for you. And then For your existing plans, I hope this has given you some valuable information about things to consider as you're setting them up for yourselves. So thanks for listening to Money Guide with Mary Stirk.
0: The views expressed are not necessarily the opinion of your audio provider and should not be construed directly or indirectly as an offer to buy or sell any securities or services mentioned herein. Investing is subject to risks including loss of principal invested. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. No strategy can ensure a profit nor protect against loss. Please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should only be relied upon when coordinated with individual professional advice. Securities and investment advisory services are offered through Woodbury Financial Services Incorporated, member FINRA SIPC. Insurance offered through STERC Financial Services, which is not affiliated with Woodbury Financial Services Incorporated. Neither Woodbury Financial Services Incorporated nor its representatives provide tax or legal advice. You should consult a qualified attorney or tax professional to answer your specific questions. Sturt Financial Services is located at 350 Oak Tree Lane, Suite 150, Dakota Dune, South Dakota, 57049, and can be reached at 605-217-3555. Forbes Best in State Wealth Advisors List includes 10 recipients per state. The award is based on qualitative and quantitative data, rating thousands of wealth advisors with a minimum of seven years of experience and weighing factors like revenue trends, assets under management, compliance records, industry experience, and best practices. The award is not based on portfolio performance or client reviews. There is no fee in exchange for rankings. Third-party rankings and recognitions are no guarantee of future investment success and do not ensure that a client or prospective client will experience a higher level of performance or results. These ratings should not be construed as an endorsement of the advisor by any client nor are they representative of any one client's evaluation.